Man, the Greek freak has an update with his contract extension. Steph Curry puts himself and Magic as the best point guards ever. And Anthony Edwards says Team USA doesn't have a Kobe. I'm Ro Zapanta. This is a clinic all NBA podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. What about you guys? She knows she loves Jay because Jay, I'm feeling good. Sammy, how you living, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm excited that we're almost done with August. I'm done with fires, hurricanes, earthquakes, and no sports. There is nothing good about the summer. Sorry if you have a birthday then, but let's get to fall. Let's get to sports, man. Let's go. Savvy, amen to that man. And you know, I'm just excited that finally we're doing uh, some football things, but more specifically, a little bit of basketball news has come out and Giannis Antetokounmpo apparently won't sign his extension until he gets a commitment from the Bucks. And he said this in an interview. He said, numbers wise, it doesn't make sense. Adding that the organization still has something to prove before he signs. And he said, next summer, it would make more sense for both parties. Even then, I don't know. I would not be the best version of myself. I don't know that every, if I don't know that everybody is on the same page. Everybody's going for a championship. Everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. And if I don't feel that, I am not signing. This is a pretty strong statement from Giannis Antetokounmpo. How much of this is real is just this mostly posturing or do you guys think that Giannis might have eyes somewhere else if the Bucks potentially get can't get things straight? What do you guys think? Oh man, Giannis to me reminds me a little bit of Embiid with the way Embiid uses social media compared to the way Giannis gives interviews. And what I mean by that is We've acknowledged before that if Embiid does anything on social media, there's always the reason for it. There's always a purpose to it. And Giannis saying this to me is a not so subtle way of saying, I expect to be in the conference finals or better every year. And what happened last year is just not acceptable. So I think this is a very clear message to the front office that they need to go for it every year. Rebuilding, retooling is not going to be acceptable for him when he's in his late 20s, early 30s, at the peak of what should be his prime. And he's not gonna settle for anything less than that. So I think a very clear message was sent. It's gonna be interesting how it goes in a traditionally small market like Milwaukee. They've made the moves over the years to to go for titles. So I think he's basically saying that this needs to be the rule now, not the exception. So I think that statement was made with a very specific purpose. What do you think, JJ? I'm Michael Jackson, you Tito. Oh, I think JJ's on mute right now, actually. Okay, sorry. Can you guys hear me now? <laughs> it's yeah, all good. We're all good. Yeah, I thought fellas. it was me for a second. I was like, what's no, happening? I was tripping, but I just wanted to say that in today's modern NBA era, there's a huge push, right? There's the player movement, player empowerment, and now the NBA franchises, they want to take that power back. I see, you know, Giannis as a respectable NBA player. So when he does it, he kind of gets away with it. And he should. You know why? Because you could argue that he's the best player in the league. That's number one. 
At number two, I like what you said, Sammy, which is the Bucks. They have made efforts to ensure that Giannis does have the talent around him. But I'm seeing the whole NBA landscape where superstars are leaving left and right. And I'm sure Giannis wants the Bucks to capitalize on any free agents, any trade potential um, assets out there. And look at Dame, man. Dame signed that contract and now he wants out. So I'm pretty sure he's thinking, hey, I don't want to just be in Milwaukee and get left out tank to dry. So Giannis, even though, you know, typically I don't like when the player puts the franchise held for like kind of ransom, I would say. I see where he come where he's coming from. I almost I don't know. I'm this is sort of strange to me a little bit. I'm kind of wondering if he didn't really like the offseason moves that the Bucks have made this year. I don't know if he feels like they needed to get a little better or it was just sort of more of the same. So they ended up like um, extending like Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. They also negotiated deals with Jay Crowder, Malik Beasley, and uh, AJ Green. It doesn't feel like there was like a big splash and I was wondering if maybe Giannis wanted something a little more coming into the season because if we're doing our rankings like really mm. way too early rankings right where would we place the Bucks right now I think they're automatically still a favorite probably in the one or two next to what Boston yeah and maybe Giannis feels like now that he's also lost his head coach Maybe it's a little less. I don't know. What do you guys think? Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I could be the outlier here. But wasn't the firing of Coach Bud maybe a good thing for the Bucks? I, <laughs> and, yeah, I don't mean to hate, man, but I think yeah. they massively upgraded that head coach, didn't they? Yes. So, I don't... And, you know, part of the championship run, June, is luck and i just thought the books had bad luck last year i think i would agree with you i would mostly agree with you sammy what do you think do you think yana should be like kind of content with the situation going into the season i think so um you know this Bucks team has always been interesting to me i i can't put my finger on it but even when they won the title it always felt like maybe what they were missing was one more I don't want to say elite athlete, but like one more athlete or 3 and D wing who's a little more athletic. Yes. I do think Middleton's gotten to the point where he's actually a little bit underrated, but now he's got a massive contract and he hasn't been healthy. So in a weird way, this core is starting to age a little bit. Just a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. we're on our way there. And so you look at who you mentioned they signed and re-signed. I think everyone in that group was at least 30. So... I think what Giannis is also looking at, he's committed this year and next year, right? At the end of that time, this core is going to be old. So maybe this is also the other way of saying, don't just plan for this year. Like, who are you going to bring in to succeed these guys? I think Drew Holiday's already put it out there that when his contract's up, he's planning on retiring, for one. Yeah. So, and then Middleton's deal is three years, which means it runs, it'll have one additional year on it, I think. 
after Giannis's deal would be up. So they're locked in for the next two, three years. And maybe what Giannis is saying is, I want to know what era you're going to transition into from here too. It's, I'm very divided on it. I, I don't quite know. It feels like this team could win it all, but they just showed us last year they could also get knocked out in round one. Really wide variance. First time head coach, I do like the hire, but we'll see how he's going to go right in. And he's going to be in a similar situation that Missoula was in last year. Yeah, and absolutely true. And so I'm curious to see how he responds. It's going to be a very interesting year for for this team. I I can't put my finger on where I expect them to finish, but it's all over the map. It's definitely all over the map oh. for me too. It's it's one of those like they're kind of like the Spurs like a few years back where it just seems like they were always in the conversation but they don't have the same I guess management stability or coach stability that the Spurs had so I understand why Giannis might be a little hesitant re-signing with this group just because we have no idea like you said what this coach is going to bring I also like the hire on paper but it's different when we actually see it on the court and how he makes these pieces work but moving on to our next topic here Steph Curry, he was talking on Gil's Arena, and he told Gilbert Arenas when he was asked, are you the best point guard ever? Curry paused for a second, and he said, yes. Yes, it's me and Magic. That's the conversation. Magic's resume is ridiculous, so the fact that we're even having that conversation is a place I never thought I'd be in. So this created a lot of buzz among like the Twitter world, right? I think some people are upset that Steph Curry's putting himself there. Does he belong there Jackson, as greatest point guard ever? I want to start there. What do you guys think? Sammy, would you agree that he's at least in the conversation? 100% he's in the conversation, yeah. Um, this is, but is this he is a first. strong point though? Is he a strong point in the conversation, in your opinion? God, I'm so divided on this. Um, I will freely tell you, even though I'm a Clippers fan, my favorite player that I ever watched was Magic Johnson. Let me let me put that out there to start this. When I thought of a point guard going up until, frankly, 2013, I thought of pass first, always. So that narrowed what I considered a true point guard to be. And of that version of the point guard, Magic is the best ever. I don't think there's a debate there. The only one who can even come close as far as I'm concerned is Isaiah. And he's not on that level. Mm -hmm. Steph, that is it's, they play the same position, but they play it so differently. They're not even close to the same style of player. I think if you put Steph in the 80s, he's a two guard. Yeah. So... That's why this one's so hard for me. Um, I don't want to cop out and call it 1A, 1B. I just, I think this is the problem with trying to compare eras. So by the definition of a pure point guard, I would put Magic slightly above him because to me, a pure point guard is about passing first. That being said, not to ride the fence, we're also comparing him to the greatest shooter of all time, undisputably. It's just a different, it just depends on what it is you're looking for in the position. Is that fair? Going to the uh, the Warrior bunch that is here today, considering our Laker <laughs> fan is not available today. 
<laughs> I think that, I think that's you fair. You are a hater. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, I, I want you to answer that. Like, if if you feel like Steph Curry is in the conversation and how strong of a conversation that is. He's and then also, the like, who who else should be in this mix? Did, like, Steph Curry forget someone, in your opinion? IT, like what Sammy said, you would have to put IT in that conversation. We have a lot of NBA players that would agree with that take, too. Uh, the thing with Magic Johnson, it, we can't just talk about the game of basketball and his contribution to the game of playing. It's how he brought it he resurrected the league. Yes. Like yes. For the people that didn't grow up in that era, the NBA was a league where people frowned upon it. They thought that, that that's a great point. They thought there were thugs. Um, it wasn't a sport for everybody to play with or to play, you know, to play. And then all of a sudden, you have Magic Johnson with Flash go against Larry Bird the smack talker LA and Boston and that whole rivalry so to resurrect a sport is already accomplishment in itself yeah. it's just like how we have these individuals like Jordan contributing to the sneaker game right mm -hmm. so with Curry the fact that Curry's even in the conversation that's an accomplishment in itself like what, what I was just saying the thing that I I want to give props to Curry is that we're going to talk about this later, but he is winning in an era where people would regard him as the second best player. LeBron. Yeah. You know, and that's saying something. So I don't want to discredit Curry. And I know that I'm a huge Curry fan and Curry's my favorite player it's kind of but i have to admit that magic is the best point guard it's it's like me saying jay rice is the best um well before tom brady jay rice is the best nfl player but the but the fan favorite for 49er fans is joe montana there's a difference yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah. and just one other thing that I just to drive the point home that you said about him revitalizing the league. The NBA Finals were on tape delay when he started. Yes. No one remembers that. That's how low budge the league was at the time. Like they were in real trouble. So that that's a great point. I just wanted to throw that back in. Jim, what's your thought on this uh, conversation? You know, J JJ completely took the words out of my mouth about Michael uh, Magic Johnson. Um, and saving the league so he's a pioneer in in that sense and then with Steph Curry we could also say that he was the pioneer of this modern point grip point guard era yeah because like I can't even name I'm trying to name like an active point guard right now that would even be close to the spirit of what we think of a point guard should be coming from you know watching basketball in the 80s and 90s. Well, your right? new favorite player, Chris Paul, baby. Chris Paul, he's the only guy. He is the only guy I think that still plays it that way. And it's crazy because everyone else plays it like our man, Steph Curry. And another thing that I want to bring up is that Isaiah Thomas, I feel like he gets shafted every time. 
He, does. he doesn't he doesn't get the respect that he deserves and it's all because Michael Jordan hated this guy and we're all Michael Jordan guys and we have just been brainwashed <laughs> to think to forget about how great Isaiah Thomas actually is so I think JJ you, you got it right on the nose the one other person they should have like Steph Curry should have mentioned should have been Isaiah Isaiah Thomas now a few older heads probably would have said the big o mm-hmm. right yes i did not have the pleasure of watching the big o so i don't know um but that's also another person that possibly could have been added to this list any thoughts move on, on stockton just gonna ask and i'm saying this is someone who would not have him in my top four but i'm wondering if anyone else would i mean man First and assist. Gotta give him that. Stockton and the mailman. That pick and roll. Super deadly pick and pop. Do do I dare say it? Say it. Championships. Good point. Yeah. That's 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 where where I pause too. I put Stockton around five, personally. I just wanted to ask. Okay. Five for point guards? Yeah. So Magic, Curry... Magic Curry, Thomas Robertson. Oh, you you would still put order. Robertson there. I put Robertson above Stockton. Yes. Um. That's that's me. That's that would be my list. I know that you frown a little more on the uh, classic era, <laughs> as we'll call it. Does does Stockton still end up first in assists? I am having a very bad day. If his career wasn't connected to Carmelo. Absolutely not. That's the that's the part that I'm where I'm at. I think Magic Johnson would still have, would have had a great career. I still think Steph Curry would have had a great career. Stockton, I don't know. I'm not confident in saying that if, if we dropped him in another person's or in another team's um, roster, I don't know if he still ends up being the great player. Is that blasphemous? Utah people are gonna come after me right now. I know. I feel it. I think it's kind of blasphemous. I think Stockton like- gets shafted. Just okay. because he played in Utah and he had the mailman and a lot of other and NBA players didn't like Stockton and how he played, quote unquote, dirty, kind of dirty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> OK, that makes sense. Sammy, what do you think? I think he would have been good no matter what. But the way you were talking about, like magic was transcendent. Curry's transcendent. That organization was not in good shape when Curry first got there. When Jordan got to the Bulls, they were a hot mess. Certain players can elevate their organizations or the league, like JJ said in Magic's case. Stockton is not one of those guys. Yeah. And kind of similar to what you threw out about Curry, but to a much more defined level, we can clearly, clearly say Stockton was never the best player when he played. And I think you could easily argue he was never even the best point guard when he played. Magic was always there. Isaiah was always there. So if I can say both of those things pretty convincingly, then don't get me wrong. I respect he had a great career. He leads the league all time in assists, but he's not the same level of player. I think that's pretty clear to say. I agree with... Go ahead. For fan favorite and cultural influence, I'll do honorable mention of AI. That's a good point. Yeah. For the 2000s. 
because he was actually best player. You could argue he was the best player that year. He won MVP. Yeah, and the league needed him bad in those yes. couple years too, because there was a a talent issue. And by talent issue, I mean lack of in that era. Post Jordan era, baby. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> And, you know, Mike, Michael Jordan agrees with us with our assessment of, like, Magic Johnson and Steph Curry. He had this to say. He said, although greatest of anything is always a debate, I beg to differ on the greatest point guard of all time. Magic Johnson is easily the best point guard of all time. Steph Curry is very close, but not in front of Magic. And he said, he, he basically finished it off with saying that Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time. And I think all of us pretty much agree. Do we have any disagreements here about what uh, Michael Air Jordan has said? Yeah, I mean, it's, just wanted to point it out that Magic Johnson is one of his close friends, though. So I wouldn't. Yeah, he, he said. <laughs> True. I have one. It's a small thing. He said easily the best point guard of all time. I wouldn't say easily. I would say he's the best point guard of all time, but. It's it's relatively close as far as I'm concerned. No disrespect to the goat on this, but I think personal relationships do play into this a little bit. Yeah, absolutely agree. And we have to talk about Bill Simmons here. He said the the six greatest NBA players ever, and he put them in alphabetical order just because I guess he didn't want the aggregators to to dissect his list if it was in order. He put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Larry Bird, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, and Bill Russell. And he said, we can argue about the order, but we can't argue about any current guy displacing any of those six. At least not yet. Sorry. Do you guys agree with that statement? We can't replace any of the current guys with any of the six. Is this an untouchable six? Mm. Yeah, I think he does have a point to a certain degree. I don't I like it's, where I think it's very solid. It's, it's very a very solid, solid list. It is. Like yeah. you can't really argue it, right? I don't think you can. I think those are those are the guys. I mean, I'm trying to figure out who would even knock on the door. And I'm having some trouble with it. I'm also having trouble with it. I think in this current era it would be Steph Curry, but I mean, the this list is pretty ridiculous. If Curry wins another ring, hot take, but you you could argue he could take Larry Bird's spot on that list. Oh, so Larry Bird is your six. That's what you're saying of this list. Well, if, it, if I was doing my list, I wouldn't even include Kareem and Bill Russell because that's a different era. Which I'll get into. But, but you're saying, but just to follow up, <laughs> yeah. just to follow up, you're saying though, if Curry wins, so of this six though, if Curry wins another one, you're saying he potentially displaces Bird, or would he displace somebody else? Who? So I would say Bird. Okay. So why don't we just go from here then? What's your order on some like fluid level? What's your order on this list? It's MJ. Okay. LeBron. Magic. And then it would be Larry Curry. Okay. I, I can't comment on Kareem and Bill because those were different eras. Okay. Gotcha. Run I'm, your I, list. I'm I'm with JJ here. Like my my list is pretty much the same. Um, 
Kareem and Bill, it's so hard, it's so hard to judge that era, man. Or when they dominated. Because they were literally the only, like, the only well, Kareem is a little later than Russell, let's say that. Tall, though. He is. Talented, you know? I don't, I, I don't know. So, so it's really hard for me to say that, I mean, he's, he's the greatest, these are the greatest players of that era. I could say but i mean like of all time it's it's hard for me to get there people over 60 are going to be very upset with us because we're making the the 80s and the 50s the same era (laughs) (laughs) i'm not necessarily saying that like i i acknowledge the fact that they are great players and they accomplished great things but they're also really difficult to assess because the talent disparity between them and the next person was so huge mm-hmm. during that time. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. It's just it's just hard to say. And it was, it a, was different a different era. Sport. I'm gonna yeah, say different so, sport. I'm gonna so say is that. your top four the same as JJ's top four then? Of the let's let's call it the uh, the 80s on. Yes. Yeah. Minus two. Okay. Jordan James Magic Bird. Okay. That's that's where I'm at too. All right. We're, and, we're, uh, we're, our list are the, is, is exactly the same. And uh, yeah, and I mean, do you agree with like the whole? We're just bringing it back to Warriors here. Steph Curry, if Steph Curry wins another, would you enter him in the conversation here? He'd be in the conversation. I I would not tell you with any conviction that he would displace Bird for me, but it would be a good good debate to have. Should, should and it would be we... interesting that that's the debate we're having too, because we're talking about the greatest shooter of that era against the greatest shooter of this era. So that part's interesting. But yeah, he'd be in the conversation. I just don't. I wouldn't tell you convincingly. I would put him there because I, I just we, don't know. I know we might expand on this later, but I feel like it's a good time to bring it up. Um, should we talk about Tim Duncan? He's in my top 10. Yes. He's in the top 10 for sure. If we're talking about like recent, semi-recent players, mm-hmm. is he in this conversation here? Like, would he have a case if we're talking to Bill Russell or Bill Simmons? So uh, on all time or just modern era? All time. I think you could a- easily argue him seven to 10, right, JJ? Yeah. I was going to say, Sammy, 7 to 10, just like what you are saying. The only drawback that people always have against Tim Duncan was that he was the second best player in his era. Compared to Kobe. Kobe or Shaq. Okay. Would you put Kobe over Shaq? Personally, no, I wouldn't. But I know that that's turned into an understandably sensitive topic. Yeah, but I have Shaq ahead of Kobe. We we need to line. bring we need to bring this up to John. Bruh. Definitely, our our Lakers stand on uh on the Clinic All NBA podcast. But with that, I'm gonna take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. Hold up. Are you tired of constantly losing your bets on unfair gambling apps? Our sponsor Parlay Play has the best lines to increase your chances at winning it big. Not only does it have great lines. It also has an awesome app with a community feel. 
Use code CLINICALLNBA for a deposit match up to $100 and a free $5 game on the house. They also have a feature called Slide the Line where users can raise or lower a line of their choosing. Pause the pod, get on your phone, download the app now. Pause the pod indeed and download that app. We're going to take it to our next topic here. We're going to talk about NBA 2K. And in the new NBA 2K, players may journey back to three distinct periods of league history with the opportunity to rewrite it while leading a period authentic club over a multi-year stretch. And they have it split up in a few eras here. Excuse me. They have... The Magic versus Bird era, Jordan era, the Kobe era, the LeBron James era, and then also the modern era, which is which is now. This has created a little bit of buzz because we have two eras here that are kind of up for debate. And I want to start with the first one, the Kobe, the Kobe era. Should that particular time be called the Kobe era in your guys' opinion? What do you think? Oh. <laughs> Sammy ready to get canceled or what? Already, I'm all, I'm always ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm always ready. Um, I mean, we we have to talk about it a little bit because it does it did create buzz online. All right. Would it be more fair? depending on exactly what years that era is to call it the Lakers era. If it goes back to the late 90s when they won the first three, which I don't know if it does or doesn't, that's I have to throw that out there for this. And it goes all the way through when they got Gasol. Then I could call it that. I know that the whole point of this game was they wanted to go by individual players. But there is a very legitimate argument that Kobe was not ever the best player of his era. And you have no idea how blasphemous I feel saying this on 824. (laughs) But I'm just going to be honest. So I get why they did it. It's also the company is a business. This is marketing. It's a lot. It's a, a lot easier sell. Great point to sell it and call it the Kobe era because everyone's going to buy it. But you could have just as easily, as far as I'm concerned, called it the Duncan era or the Shaq era because there was no defined best player there the way that there was in the Magic Bird era, the Jordan era. Even the LeBron era, you you could always say he didn't dominate, but he was the best player of the era. You could say that. I don't think you could say that for that era. So... Would you rebrand it if you could? For the sake of game sales, no. And I'm being completely honest with you, but <laughs> okay. if I was just calling it like based on players, I think I would call just call it the Lakers era. And realize that pains me as a Clippers fan, but I'm just being <laughs> honest. They won the most rings in, this, in that time span. So I'll respect it where it's due. And I think maybe you could have done something where you compared like the, the Shaq Kobe Lakers to the Kobe Gasol Lakers and done something along those lines. Maybe that would have been a, an option. You still pay your respects to Kobe because he's the one that connects both of those teams. So maybe that's a way to go. But I, I would throw something like that out there. JJ, what do you think? How many rings does Tim Duncan have? Four. Or is it five? Or is it five? It's say. five. 
You know, the other stat, just to uh, help out our Spurs fans out there, is that Tim Duncan and Pop, Coach Pop, made it to the postseason 19 or 20 straight years. The Lakers never accomplished that, which is insane to me. I do get it, though, like what Sammy was saying, that it's a business move, and Kobe is in the lore of NBA greatness, NBA legends, as he should be. But, and there is a but, if we're going to talk about the eras, and if you're going to brand it with the eras, do you give it to someone that influenced a generation like Kobe, or do you give it to the most dominant players? Which... Sammy just stated with was Tim Duncan and Shaq. I think people sleep on Shaq a lot, and that's a that's a crazy statement to say. Yes. Like when you see him performing, or when you saw him perform during like especially the early championship runs, he was unstoppable. I'm not joking. Unstoppable. Agreed. I absolutely agree. Um, what, what do you what do you think of the the LeBron era? Like, calling it the LeBron era. I really want to hear what you two have to say about this one first. So please. <laughs> Once again, I get it. LeBron James, arguably the second best player behind the goat, Magic Johnson. But there is a but, just like Jun said before, he read or like before he explained the prompt, which was, do you agree with the naming? With the LeBron era, you could arguably could have rebranded it to LeBron versus Curry era, like what they did with Magic versus Bird. Actually, a lot of LeBron's losses in the finals was against Curry. And you know, I... I'm with you, Jay. This was the point I was going to bring up. Is that I like Magic versus Bird era, right? That's a cool, cool, that's, like, brand match yeah, name, right? That's, it, it, it explains the era perfectly, mm-hmm. right? I also think they should have done Kobe versus Duncan. I think that would have been more defining. And then LeBron versus Curry. And then just leave Jordan, the Jordan era. Because he's the GOAT. Because he's the GOAT. Yes. Did he really have anyone that was his rival? Really? I guess you could have said maybe the, maybe the Knicks. Maybe, the, yeah, Isaiah Thomas. But even that feels kind of wrong. Because for the most part, Jordan just dominated his, his time. Right? I mean, 2-3 Pete says it all. So I almost think they should have done someone versus someone for every era except Jordan's era. I think that's I think that would have been the way to go. I like that. I, I agree with you. And just to uh, support our last segment, no era before Magic and Bird because the game of basketball. <laughs> Wait, hold up. Let me stop myself. <laughs> I'll just stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't want the Bill Russell era? <laughs> I'm wow, the cake delay era. You're not gonna hop onto your PS5 and go straight to the Bill Russell era? You don't want to rewrite that history? Nah, he's breaking out the Atari for that one, I think. Oh my goodness. Alright, I'm, I'm gonna really support their point, man. I'm, I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take us actually to our last topic because we're kinda running out of time here. We're gonna talk about something recent, okay? So, World Cup camp started not too long ago. Anthony Edwards, he basically disclosed this conversation that he had with Steve Kerr. He said that Steve Kerr said, Dwayne Wade came off the bench when Kobe played. And Anthony Edwards replied, we don't have a Kobe, but all right. <laughs> Which is kind of a funny statement. What do you think about, I guess, Anthony Edwards kind of clap back to Steve Kerr? Especially now that he's, like, the best player on Team USA right now. I just think it's one of those motivational tools that coaches use, Sammy. Remember the Dream Team doc fellas where Coach K was explaining how uh, Chuck Daly intentionally made the dream team lose to the college kids the first game just to let them know that there is a potential chance that you could lose to anybody mm -hmm. even college kids this is coach Kerr doing his thing as a coach saying hey like you may think that you're the best but you need to listen to me because I know what I'm doing kind of thing and maybe it was a tool for for Anthony Edwards to get motivated and become the player who he is right now. And for those people that don't know this history between Anthony Edwards and Steve Kerr, for the 2021 or 2020 draft, the year that the Warriors drafted uh, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards did get interviewed by and worked out for the Warriors. And Steve Kerr told him straight up, like, hey man, like, I know you're gonna go number one, but the way that you're working out for these teams, you need to try harder because it looks like you're not really trying. And Anthony Edwards always gave props to Coach Kerr about that because that really pushed him during the draft process. So I saw this as a, another way, Sammy, for Anthony Edwards to get motivated in the right direction, especially from this full coming from Minnesota. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And this team, it's not, you know, the very best of the league, but it is a lot of great talent. And he has easily, from everything that I've heard reported and seen, been the best player. He looks like he's ready to take another leap to be a top 10 guy in the league. And if that carries over, then I think that alone should tell you how good the coaching has been at FIBA for him between, I think it's what Spolstra, Kerr, and Ty Lue are the, the three mm -hmm. coaches over there right now. Mm -hmm. So if the T-Wolves organization is seeing this, they they need to realize that there's, don't get me wrong, Edwards has been great for them. He's, he's only been in the league three years, and I think we forget that sometimes, but there's another step that's there, and they need to maximize it because clearly Kerr has pushed some buttons that worked fast. I mean, they haven't even started the main tournament yet. And he's absolutely shined. So 
I'm not mad at it because there are, there are certain coaches who have the cachet and who have they have the respect around the league to be able to even bring up benching a player like this. Kerr's got the rings. He's got him as a player. He's got him as a coach. He's allowed to try stuff like this and throw it out there. Like, if this was... Just because we talked about him earlier, no disrespect, but if this was Adrian Griffin, who's never coached before as a head coach, Yeah, he tried it, I, I think it, he would have gotten blasted for it yeah. because he doesn't have the background yet. Steve Kerr's got the background. You can do stuff like this, and it looks like whatever he's doing with Edwards is working and then some, so... I'm I'm all good with it, for sure. I think we're all Anthony Edwards fans, and we mm -hmm. really, really want him to succeed. And the fact that he's in Minnesota, playing with Carl Anthony Towns, where people question his work ethic all the time, I personally was worried about how Anthony Edwards would turn out in his career. This is literally the best thing that ever could have happened to him this summer is working with these coaches having someone like steve kerr push the right buttons and we're already seeing dividends of like how good he can be and his playing with i mean like you said sammy not like like legitimate superstars yet but definitely up and coming stars here in the nba like the starting five is ant edwards brunson mikhail bridges brennan ingram and triple j for the most part these are all good players who all have a role and this is like begging for a superstar to rise right and you're hoping it's one of these five and Ant edwards is definitely rising above the crop here and i can't wait to see how he how next year turns out like i'm very very excited over this news um I don't know if Cat's going to be there next year. Just because I do think that a Dame Lillard Cat trade would be super interesting. We can Ooh. talk about that another time, though. Boys, that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you two for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate you all. Sammy, thanks for being on. Always good to be here, man. Thank you. Sammy takes it all the way. And of course, shout out to John, shout out to RJ, our video producer. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Detective John.